Hello, everybody, and welcome to the August 7, 2020 edition of Peaceful Globalist Review. I'm your host, the Peaceful Globalist, Ephraim Josine. And ladies and gentlemen, President Trump has officially signed an executive order saying TikTok is going to be banned in 45 days. Because it's owned by the Chinese, ignore the fact their headquarters is in Los Angeles, California, which is not in China, for those who did not know. And you know, I've been ranting about this for a while now. And this isn't because I use TikTok. I don't use TikTok. I've never downloaded TikTok. I don't have a TikTok account. If this were not a controversy, my only experience with TikTok would be making fun of it. Because that's what it is. It started off as like music.ly or something. And it was one of the worst apps out there, in my opinion. And it still is. It still bluntly is. However, the reason why I have been covering this so much is because of the clear government overreach at play. Government should not have the power to ban well-established apps. They should not. The president wants to do so under flimsy reasoning. The idea that TikTok is owned by China is still absolutely ridiculous. There's no evidence to it in the slightest. But that doesn't matter because the president wants to get us into a war with China. That's the end goal here. And don't think it's going to end with a trade war. It's not. There's actually going to be, I promise you, if Donald Trump gets a second term, there's a very good chance we'll invade China. Because that's what he wants. He's not doing that now, because that would be incredibly unpopular. Because that would go against what his nationalist base actually wants. What they want is trade wars. What they want is protectionism. What they don't want is full-on war. That's what Donald Trump wants. So we can stand, so we can put more people in Ivanka's coffins. Yeah, did you guys know that Ivanka owns coffins? Seriously. She's making tons of money off you die. And you know, in other cases, like when Ross Ulbricht was locked up over Silk Road, he was serving two consecutive life sentences over a case where the, he created a marketplace government couldn't regulate. Okay, at least there, he committed a crime. It was a nonsensical crime, and I will defend Ross Ulbrich till the day I die. But it was a crime, and there was legitimate debate over whether or not Silk Road should be legal. However, none of those controversies actually exist with the TikTok case. Instead, what we have is a situation where they weren't breaking any laws. They weren't. The administration just decided that you didn't like them, primarily because it was used by young people, and young people don't like him. That's what's going on here. And then, you know what's going to happen? The administration is going to respond to, because TikTok was also hostile towards any attempt to ban them. I know, surprise, surprise. And if this were any other industry, that would make them the talking heads of the Republican Party, half the Republican Party's funding at this point, is from CEOs who don't want to be regulated. People like Bob Murray, for example, or David Koch as another good example of this. Um, but then, when it's the other guys, when they're resisting regulation, not just because uh, they hate America. Not, not in any other industry. In the big tech industry, though, because it's a new industry, because it's easier to bully, all of a sudden, you got to sit there and you got to take Donald Trump's 
specially patented dildo up your ass. That was vulgar, but at least at least you'll remember that. At least you'll remember that comparison. I want you to, any time you think about big tech regulation, think about a patented dildo made by Ivanka Trump getting shoved up your ass forever. Okay? There. That's what I genuinely want you to think about. That is everything that I want you to think about, because that is, at the end of the day, what is going on here. The administration just wants to bully its enemies. It's that simple. And a lot of his supporters like that. A lot of his supporters want him to declare himself a dictator. Um, however, at the same time, the people I'm most disappointed in are, and I've stressed this before, I made even an entire Freedom First column on this, modern internet activists. I made this comparison before. You guys remember SOPA? You guys remember PIPA? You guys remember ACTA? You know, those horrible laws where the entire goal is essentially government control over the internet. Internet activists were freaking out. Google and Reddit shut down in protests. I'm not joking. Okay? They can't do that now because if so, oh my god, they're agents of the Chinese. Which is what this whole war on China is actually about, by the way. It's a way of stifling criticism. No different than what the Cold Warriors intended to do. No different than what the Cold Warriors intended to do back in the 1950s. No different than what the John Birch Society used to do. Uh, but J.K. Rowling getting criticized is the new McCarthyism trademark. Remember that, guys. This is what it is. It's McCarthy going up to you screaming, This is the new McCarthyism. That is what the Republican Party is doing right now. And by the way, General McCarthy was a, was a red-blooded Republican. Uh, I mean, really, it's ridiculous. If something like this were to have happened back in 2011, Internet activists would have held a coup. They would have held a coup against the federal government. Okay, and I'm not saying they should. I'm saying that's how pacified we have become as a society regarding the internet. To the point where what used to be a massive outrage, if SOPA were to be introduced today, internet activists would be completely behind it if they could find some way it would hurt the Chinese. That is the society we live in now. One where, no matter what's going on, it's always the fault of that one guy from China, who you don't even know the name of, probably, who somehow created a virus to kill us or something, I don't know. The last eight months, okay, really the last three years, but the last eight months especially, have been filled with Republicans scapegoating China for every single thing possible. Every single mistake and using it to justify every single piece of authoritarianism they can think of. And I believe that is absolutely disgusting. That is despicable, as far as I'm concerned. And now they are using it to get their hands on the one thing they could never get their hands on. The free and open internet. And they are using as much doublethink as possible as well. You guys might remember, uh, back during the NAFTA renegotiations, there was talk about how Actually, raising tariffs will lead to lowering tariffs. I'm doing that now, too. How banning apps will lead to a more open internet and specific communication facilities 
that Donald Trump is going to nationalize and take control over. Am I the only one who really sees this is obviously bullshit? Really? And this isn't about TikTok. If you think this is about TikTok, you have fallen for the propaganda. This is about the federal government showing us, dead center, that they are able to get a hold of the one thing that they have never been able to get a hold of before. The one thing they've been trying to get a hold of, they've been trying to strangle since the 1990s and have been failing every single time. Think about it, even the most authoritarian administrations were unable to go after the internet. And now, Donald Trump is able to do so with a stroke of a pen. Didn't even introduce a bill in the Congress, by the way. Didn't even actually go through the proper processes. Just demanded it happen via executive order. Specifically, to show us all that he could. And that is absolutely disgusting, far as I'm concerned. That is absolutely disgusting. I mean, what should I expect next? Should I expect the Jack Buddha to... Oh, wait, that, that's happening. Maybe maybe tomorrow, the actual Jack Boots will show up outside my door. And if I complain, obviously I'm a Chinese operative. I mean, why not at this point? Why not at this point? And I'm not normally one to make Hitler comparisons, if only because they're often pointless. And there are so many other great authoritarian leaders you can reference. However, at the same time, at the same time, it's a direct reference that I feel needs to be mentioned. The fact is, this control of the media that the administration wants to do is no different than what Joseph Goebbels attempted to do in Germany. And what Joseph Goebbels succeeded to do in Germany. I'm being dead serious right now. The administration, at the end of its day, at the end of the day, wants its own Joseph Goebbels. It knows it can't happen. If we reelect Donald Trump, we are going to turn into a into the most authoritarian state we've ever been in. I have no doubt in my mind about that. It will be the most authoritarian nation. We will be completely isolated from the rest of the world again because. You're just easier to control if you're isolated. What's the first thing an abuser does? He cuts you off from your friends and family. What's the first thing an authoritarian does? He cuts you off from the rest of the world. The administration is no different than an abuser. That's why he's going after the internet. That's why he's going after the internet his entire administration. Because that's the one thing that allows people to talk to others and realize this idea of nationalism is utterly nonsensical. And you should be disgusted and afraid of what would happen if this man is given four more years to do whatever the hell he wants. Because up until now, he's had to deal with the idea of getting reelected. That's going to go away in his second term. As we saw with Bush's second term, and Obama's second term, and Clinton's second term, that's where things get much more risky. And where things will get much, much worse. Anyway, uh, Joe Biden got into controversy. It's another Joe Biden's a real racist story. Kill me. Here's here's the fucking clip. I'm I'm sorry, guys. I'm 
really tired. I don't mean in a metaphorical sense, like, I'm tired of this bullshit. I really am, genuinely, I'm tired while recording this. And it just so happened this is one of the most obnoxious news days in a while. Here's a clip. Yes, and by the way, what you all know, but most people don't know, unlike the African-American community, with notable exceptions, the Latino community is an incredibly diverse community with incredibly different attitudes about different things. Now, you could take that comment a variety of ways. One way to take it is that Biden was referencing the fact that there are much more conservative Latinos than there are conservative African-Americans. If you look at the polling, Latino communities tend to be very Catholic and conservative in nature, and in fact, many of them lean Republican until, uh, until they kind of started um, hating, hating Latinos. But that's a different topic entirely. As opposed to African Americans, who have historically been a very large Democratic base and a very large liberal base as well, since around the Civil Rights or, or you could take it as the Joe Biden just said African Americans um, all are a hive mind led by Queen Chrysalis. Guess which way it was taken, everybody? And, you know, we all know that at this point, the common response to these Biden criticisms is, well, what if Donald Trump were to have said something like that? If Donald Trump were to say something like this, we'd forget it in half a week. Remember the good blood comments he made about Henry Ford? Probably not. I do, though. I do. Donald Trump literally said Henry Ford had good blood. What does that even mean if not something really, really, really eugenics-y? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But at this point, if your only argument for why these Biden statements should be giant controversies is, well, if Donald Trump said them, uh, media would have freaked out like three years ago about it. They've stopped doing that primarily. Okay? A large chunk of the time, these racist comments, the only real exception I can think of a racist comment, or comments that were construed as racist, that have remained in our consciousness years later, are, um, what, what was it? It was the one from his presidential announcement. Uh, they're not sending our best, they're sending drugs, they're sending rapists, they're sending crime. And that there are some very fine people at Charlottesville. Still no idea where those very fine people were. Wait a minute, were they slightly to the left? Oh, Waldo! Guys, it turned out Waldo was in Charlottesville. That's one of the very fine people Trump was talking about. Welp, he has me there. I can't hate Waldo. <laughs> Wait. Oh no, this tweet from 2016 is... Waldo admitting to being a Nazi. Aw, oh, dang it. So close yet so far. Yeah, I, I, I was being very literal when I said I was really tired. Okay. I have to record the news for what it's worth. Go subscribe to my channel, by the way, uh, for what it's worth, Efron Josine. And a little bit. And I'm just going to be reading off the script because I'm so tired at this point. <laughs> I did not sleep well last night. It wasn't anything like anybody did, to be clear. It just, 
it was just one of those nights for me. Um, but anyway, no, the point is, this is utter nonsense, okay, to be offended at this. And then Joe Biden actually apologized for it, which I, by the way, thought was the one thing you weren't supposed to do when you were dealing with a mob. And make no mistake, he was being mobbed, as far as I'm concerned. He was being mobbed by a group of Republicans which I have been reliably informed by everyone who calls cancel culture that new McCarthyism, but is okay with banning an app, is perfectly okay. But it was a mob nonetheless. No, you shouldn't have apologized for this. If they want someone who's not going to apologize, that's what they say they want, you know what? They shouldn't apologize, as far as I'm concerned. Joe Biden shouldn't have apologized for that statement. He shouldn't have. Now, all you've done is, and this is, by the way, the contradiction in the Biden campaign that I was talking about yesterday. It's, oh, well, don't worry, Joe Biden's going to solve racism. Uh, and here's my evidence. Wait, Vice President Biden, didn't you say all these very racist comments? Yes, and that's how I'm going to solve it, by being racist. And he's used this to his advantage before. Like in his 4th of July ad, which I called amazing. However, at this point, what it primarily is, is it's just this weird little contradiction between Biden constantly saying, I can, I'm the most qualified man to solve racism, and my evidence for that is that I'm a racist. Uh... <laughs> And imagine if George Wallace claimed he wanted to solve racism. That's what Joe Biden is portraying himself as. And that's not what he is. I want to make it clear. I do not believe Joe Biden to be some super mega extra special racist with a side of pride. I do, however, believe that continuously pretending he was that super extra special double racist with a side of fries and a soda isn't helping his campaign. All it's doing is, is feeding into the delusions of the Trumpers, who keep calling him real racist mindlessly. <laughs> you know, there was, uh, you guys ever see those bot tweets? Like, I forced a bot. There was one for Fox News, and the transcript said, 9-11, this was 9-11 talking, lock her up. That's how I feel about Republicans right now. It's Uyghur Muslims. Joe Biden is the real racist. That's what's going on. And Joe Biden keeps confirming it. Joe Biden keeps apologizing for being a racist. He needs to stop doing that. Joe Biden, if you are listening to this, you take nothing else from this podcast. Or if anyone who's in the Biden campaign is listening to this, take nothing else. I beg you. Beg you, tell Joe Biden to stop apologizing for racism. Tell him to stop it, okay? Because you're not actually helping anything. You're just making your own campaign look dumber. Anyway, uh, here's something from The Hill. Trump to reimpose aluminum tariffs on Canada. For the record, uh, there has been an aluminum shortage in the United States. Prices have been going up for Canada. They don't even have enough aluminum to contain all the beer. So you know we're screwed. And Trump's solution is tariffs because it's not actually about helping Americans. 
What is instead about is, again, just isolating us because he wants to be a... Because he wants to make it easier to be an authoritarian dictator. That's what it comes down to. He knows that if we can escape, then he can't get away with every single thing he wants. That is why, right now, what he's trying to do is he's trying to make sure the U.S. is as isolated as humanly possible, specifically so he can get away with more. Again, this is what um, we see right now. This is what an abuser does. It's okay because he's the president, and it's just America first, and if you are against putting aluminum tariffs on Canada, you just want to side with China. Not sure how those two things are related, though. President Trump said Thursday that he had reimposed aluminum tariffs on Canada. I thought, by the way, uh, we were supposed to be getting rid of tariffs. Isn't that what the new nap thing? No, no, no. Sorry. Just remember the rhetoric. Um... Reignited a point of contention that has been cleared up over prior finalizations of the U.S.-Mexico-Canada trade agreement, which went into effect in July in a speech in Whirlwind Plant in Ohio. Trump said he signed a proclamation earlier in the day to reimpose the tariffs at its previous rate of 10%. Again, because this has never been about actually helping the American people actually getting prosperity, because if he cared about prosperity, especially right now, he would be lowering the tariff rate. We have a sluggish economy. And the and every single economist agrees that protectionism booms the economy. I thought that was the argument. Oh, you silly economists, you actually care about the economy. Well, now we live in a scenario where we do care about the economy, and the administration is reimposing tariffs which have been shown to harm it. Because it's never been about the economy. This administration wants you to be content with living like a troll as long as you're spiting China. That's what it comes down to. This administration would be perfectly happy to make sure you live in poverty, surviving off of the nutrients of your own shit. If it meant he could spite China in some way, or convince you he was spiting China. He's never actually spited China. It took John Bolton specifically showing him, praising Chinese internment camps, for him to sign any sort of sanctions against them. And I was calling it out at the time. Those happened on the exact same day, about 12 hours apart. Bolton says that Trump thought concentration camps were Uyghurs, for Uyghur Muslims, which, by the way, right-wing media has been spending the past decade saying we should nuke the Middle East and all Muslims are terrorists, we should just kill them all. Um, are surprised people don't care when China is doing just that. Because these people have the forward thinking of a fruit fly. Um, but no, this is, to put it simply, the way an abuser thinks. The way a domestic abuser thinks. That's been a theme I've been repeating for a while now, is that Donald Trump acts exactly like a domestic abuser. No way around it, far as I'm concerned. Several months ago, my administration agreed... Oh, wait, oh, wait that's not the first quote, actually. Canada was taking advantage of us. How? How was Canada taking advantage of us? 
Canada of all nations. Is this our new enemy? Have we always been at war with Canada? This is the plot of South Park Bigger, Longer, and Uncut. Now, you know what this is the plot of? This is literally the plot of Canadian Bacon. You guys ever see that film? I haven't seen it in full. I've seen some clips of it here and there. But it's that Michael Moore film, the only film he made that wasn't a documentary. That was about, like, invading Canada um, because the world sucked. It was supposed to be a parody of the first Iraq war. That's what this is. This is a this is the plot of Canadian bacon. <laughs> we live in this right now. We live in a parody film from the nineties. Congratulations, Donald Trump. Uh, as usual, and I signed it and imposed because the aluminum business was being Decimated by Canada, obviously, Canada's our biggest enemy. Several months ago, my administration agreed to lift those tariffs and return the promise that Canadian government, if that its aluminum industry would not flood our country with exports and kill all our aluminum jobs. Yes, our very big aluminum industry that's so massive, we're having a shortage. We're having a shortage of aluminum right now. And the administration's response is to make it harder to get aluminum, because and then the aluminum should be made in America. Of course, what is, at the end of the day, the big issue with free trade? The issue is that it shows, hypothetically, that other nations can do good things. That's what it comes down to. It shows that other nations can do good things. The administration doesn't want that because he wants you to hate every single other nation. All 196 nations, I recognize the independence of Quebec, by the way. And Mr. President, I will support these tariffs, assuming they do not affect Quebec. Okay, because then you're recognizing Quebec independence, which is a cause I completely agree with. I'm memeing now. Back to the point. Uh... <laughs> Like this tweet if you support Quebec independence. Anything else? Uh, here's another one. Oh, wait. Um, this is... Okay, this is Driving American Jobs. Which, by the way, is against these tariffs. Amazing. You're really protecting America, Donald. This is ridiculous. And if you buy any excuses about protecting Americans, you're stupid. And I know I insult people a lot, but it's true. You're stupid at that point. I do not consider you an intelligent human being. I consider you a stupid one. Because that's what you are. But, let's face it. Most people don't care about trade policy. We could build a giant dome over our nation tomorrow. And most people wouldn't notice. With that, most people would support it, even. Uh... And the worst it would be called is racist, which apparently doesn't mean anything anymore anyway, so who cares? Uh, you probably care about Donald Trump saying Thailand instead of Thailand yesterday. Uh, here's Dinesh D'Souza defending it. I'm highly amused to see sophisticated media snickering at real Donald Trump for saying Thailand. These Fox sophisticators. Sophisticators? So, so what? That, that's not a word, idiot. Also, yeah, you already implied they weren't really sophisticated. 
Yeah, we get the point, Dinesh. Don't realize Trump's way of saying it is right. Thailand is the crude lingo of people who have never been to Thailand. I know tons of people who would really want to go to Thailand. <laughs> I, oh, God, this is painful. Uh, Dinesh D'Souza is still defending it, though. Trump is a cosmopolitan, on that we agree. He went to Wharton. He's a billionaire. He's traveled around the world. His critics are poorer. I thought Trump was the man of the people and the non-elites. Now all his critics are not elite. Less educated, and many have not left their home states. No wonder he seems like such an alien to them. They view him with hostile incomprehension. Hashtag Thailand. My favorite part about this is I thought Trump was speaking for the everyman. Guess not. Guess not. Uh, most Europeans say you rope. You rope. And I've never heard a European actually say that. Or a European say that. Well, most Americans say Europe. No, they don't. They say Europe. You're. Like, Y-O-U-R? Nobody says Europe. That's stupid, and you should feel stupid for thinking that. Who's right? It's sheer provincialism to pretend that we are right and they are wrong. There is more than one way to say a word. Same with Thailand. Trump said it the way most Eng most of the English-speaking world does. Again, no, not really. Uh, this is awful, and he's continuing to defend it. Because he's crazy. You know what? That's all you need to know about Nash D'Souza, is that he's a silly person. That's all for tonight. I'm Ephraim. See you Monday, where hopefully I'll be refreshed and able to talk.